Parable of the Sower by Octavia Butler. The child in each of us knows paradise. Paradise is home. Home as it was or home as it should have been. Paradise is one's own place, one's own people, one's own world, knowing and known, perhaps even loving and loved. Yet every child is cast from paradise into growth and new community, into vast, ongoing change. Octavia Butler. Peace, love, and power, beautiful people. This is the good brother coming straight to you from the center of self, from the eye power center, the intuitive point on which everything resides. And today's principle is, there's a story in every seed. There's a story in every seed. That's right. I am excited about today's show. This show, I have a special guest on. And as we go through what it means to uh, to heal and the art of storytelling, I'm just excited. So without further ado, make sure you all check us out every Wednesday for a new episode. Until next light, peace, love, and power, family. There she is. So what it do? What's up, sister? It's good to have you on today. It's good to see you. I mean, your beautiful, bright face. Uh, I'm just loving everything about it and, and, and about you. Um before we go forward strong the way I, I intend for us to do, can you please, can you please introduce yourself uh, to my audience, reintroduce yourself to me? Uh, I know every day we have to reintroduce ourselves to each other, even though we may know each other on certain levels, uh, just in order for us to be clear and be in the same context. Who are you? Tell the people who you are. <laughs> Hello, I am Jatame Liddell Taylor. Okay. All right. So that's your name. I like that. I like that. Give me more. <laughs> Give me more. I want more. What do you want more of, Kev? I want more. What kind of work are you into? What uh, the field of work? Um, how long you've been in the work that you you, you do? Uh, who is affected by the work that you do? Um, and what is the future of your work and you in it? That's a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. Let's um, go. <laughs> I... The work that I currently do, I am currently the executive director at Front Porch Alliance in Kansas City, Missouri. The work that we do is centered in community. And so we work to make sure that families are kindergarten ready. So early childhood education, as well as do wraparound services for families who do have little people in their lives. So that might look like some of my home visitors do help their family members learn how to drive. Others might help them through domestic violence and connect them with resources. Um, but they all still focus on making sure that the little people that they work with are kindergarten ready. So that's the main goal. In addition to that, we also work in um, out of school programming around like STEAM, -ish, STEAM areas, as well as um, job readiness, 
um, and financial literacy. And so those are the that's the work that encompasses Front Porch Alliance. Okay, so how long have you been here? Four months. Um, I'm new to this role, um, though I'm new to the role of an executive director at Front Porch Alliance. I'm not new to the role of working in community. Um, many times people ask the question, like, I have a degree in social work, right? And so they ask, like, what comes first? Did I, did I get educated, you know, or, and that was my calling. Um, there is a series of events, and probably before me, like my mother, Carly Von Bagby, Terry, um, who is fierce, is also someone who is one of those people who just other people gravitate towards. Okay. I have no idea why, because she's like this very hard from the streets person and everyone's just like, hey, Carol, you know, and my grandmother on the other end has always been in like community housing, like the housing authority and making sure people um, had adequate housing. And so she's always been in that role. So her name is Evie Alexander. So yeah, granny's always been in that role. And as a kid, I would grow up and just be like, that's my granny. Why is all these kids in this neighborhood calling granny, <laughs> granny? Because I'm the first, I'm the first grandchild. So I, I used to be like, no, wait, that's not your granny. That's my granny. Oh, but um, even before then, like the furthest we can go back for my lineage is my big mama, um, Arbella Brown. Um, and her daughter, Augusta Boykin, like, so they came up from Arkansas by way of Shreveport, um, Louisiana, and then the railroads brought them to Kansas City. So our family history has always been centered in you take care of your own people, but you also take care of the community because they are your family, you know, and so I think that seed was planted. Maybe that's how I chose them to be the family in which I'm a part of the lineage is because that seed was always a part of me. Oh, that's beautiful. That's interesting um, because we've known each other for some years uh, and there are certain things that you just mentioned that I didn't know, right? Uh, as it pertains to uh, your family. Interestingly enough, you mentioned during the course of mentioning your family, a line of women, right? The mother, the grandmother, the great grandmother, all the mothers. And so um, during the course of your development, do you have, uh, is there any recollection of men during the course of that time with those mothers, those grand, you know, like being present? Yeah, mm -hmm. um, yes and no. In the sense of, the reason why I go to my matriarchal is because that's who's been the consistent um, okay. thread in my life. Um, but men were there, it's just, I have no clue what happened between my grandmothers, my great-grandmother, great-great-grandmother, like all of them had to remarry a few times because people died. <laughs> so the men were like enough to bear seeds, you know, and a fruit like to help the next generation to be born. But in wow. the everyday of shaping family community, um, I come from a family that that's not what was like that was, we didn't have a role for men in our lives. Wow. And it says, it says a lot, but um, I, so much so that my nephew, like I'm curious on how he would flow in the world um, just because that story is still perpetuated in my family that 
it's not that folks can't find long-term commitments and partnerships, but it's almost like our family that it wasn't set up that way. Like, so I was never, we're an independent group of women who were just like, we'll get it done, we'll take care, but anatomy does not allow us to have children by ourselves, <laughs> literally to like brutally have children ourselves. Right. Um, but collectively we work together to make sure the family is good, the community is good. Yeah, yeah so it sounds like you're, you're from uh, a family who mothered communities, who, who, who mothered many children, right? Uh, figuratively and literally. Uh, and in this case, more uh, female, more more women than yeah. you know men uh, in this case. Um, and so, how like how does that make you feel when you sit down and think about, wow, my family are like I have ninety eight percent women, you know what I'm saying, or whatever the, the the percentage may be, but really looking at your family, like man, this is all women. And what mm -hmm. does like how does that empower you, and what does that do like for your spirit forward? Um, I'm not, see the word empower, so forgive me, because I've always had an issue with the English language, <laughs> though that's the only language that, like, formal training language that I speak, like, there's right. something that doesn't sit right with me, and so empower stuck out, but um, I would say what I think about when I reflect on the lineage that I am from, that I'm a part of, mm -hmm is that we are the make it, like, let it be done, we got it. Like, we are the mm -hmm. women who are the doers in the community. Um, mm -hmm. And so something that I think about is, that rubs me is like, because we are the doers, do we not allow space for that masculine um, whether it's male or free, whatever it is, but that masculine energy to be present, because if anything, I think all the women in my family are both in, like stand in their feminine and their masculine simultaneously. And so um, with that, I'm not even sure if we just by energy alone, if we could even allow space to share with wow. a man for long periods of time. Um, which is probably like while well, the great grandfathers and all of them passed off and my it's almost like we tried to fit that mold but at the end of the day it didn't work you know and so i'm curious myself of like is that why like because i do think each of the women in my family are very strong in their feminine and masculine sides of energy like so what in terms of like just hearing that i'm in my mind, I'm I, as an artist, I'm still trying to paint that picture, right? I'm still trying to see in my mind how that works. Or even when the men, uh, as they come into the, you know, to you all's lives and they make these transitions, like at what fate, like at what stage of your life, right? Do you remember there? There is that energy, that physical, uh, uh, the physical presence and energy just before it transitioned. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's go to, let's go to your grandfather, right? Yeah. How, how old were you? Or if you were around before he transitioned, then go. I was around. Right. Okay. So my grandfather, my mother's father, my, my mother's father, um, 
so he had his own demons to battle, right? And so um, I say this because like, it's all stereotypical, but it's also like based in there's a reason, there's a root root here that we have to talk about. So like being a, a man of native descent, um, alcoholism was really hard for him. And so he was the man that I saw when we would leave church on Sundays on the street corner. And he came around just to say, y'all want a few chain for like penny candy and, and nickel candy. Like we get to go to the corner store I that um, a couple blocks down and grandpa George was making sure that we, he gave that to us, you know? And so that was my new, that is what my memory of my grandfather is, you know, is that why the adults were talking and we were trying to kill time he would come around and give us some change to go get us a few candy. And by the time we came back, it was yelled, get in the car. <laughs> so like he helped fill that gap um, and our day. And that was a part of our ritual. But outside of like, I couldn't tell you I, if I ever saw my grandpa George outside of that. And the story is he grew up himself um, in that neighborhood around the church. And okay. um, he's still, his family, like my great aunts and all of them was still around there as well. And so that was his neighborhood, but this was the only time that he actually interacted with his grandchildren. And we knew his grandpa, he was slurring and talking and, but he would pull out some, whatever he had with the length and the coins. We, we went happily to go get our pity and nickel candy and came back and be like, thank you grandpa George, you know? Um, but that was, the extent of the relationship I had with him. Okay. What about your father? My father. Um, so my mother actually, before I was in kindergarten, married my stepfather. And so uh, my stepfather, my mother bore, uh, it was three of us, three girls, stair steps. And my stepfather had, had um, at the time when they met two daughters, with, which is the same age as my sisters. So God help us. My mother actually dressed them all like as a double mint twins, like, cause they were the same age as my biological sisters. And then it was uh -huh. me as the eldest girl. So there's five girls and then four boys that are older than us. And so um, my, my stepfather raised me to about, I don't know, about sixth grade from like kindergarten to sixth grade. And um, what I learned from him is like, he flipped houses. So like we okay. worked. <laughs> So nine kids to feed. Our summer times was sanding and using like clean stuff up. We worked. And so, but my biological father, he has a routine of showing up every 10 years. Like it's, he's about due time. Every 10 years, he'll come around for um, a conversation or, an, or a visit for a month or two and then disappear again. You don't hear from him. And so um, I... I don't know him, okay. but I know him like to, to very much like every day of my life, anytime I would do something between my aunt or my grandmother and my mother, they all had different relationships with him, right? Like he met my mother when she was a teenager. And so he's from Chicago, this cat coming down doing totally illegal stuff in Kansas City, but met this teenager um, who looked like she was grown and she had three of his babies. And so, um, and so like what I know of him is that 
he was a street dude, straight street. <laughs> um, but also very smart. Like he was also in so many ways like a wannabe. Like it was really his older, bro his brothers that were street dudes. He was more like the nerdy one who was mm. trying to be like them. So would try to like flex from time to time. So I knew the nerdy side. So every time I hear his name, because my mother, my aunt and my granny have different relationships with him, my granny yeah. cries when we bring up his name, right? Because he's the bastard that made his daughter, like who turned her daughter ag against her. And she became this wild child, you know, with, with him around. My aunt, because she's younger than my mother by like four or five years, looked at him as, he's the guy with the cool Cadillac that came down to Kansas City and would take her wherever she wanted to, you know? And my mother was just flabbergasted by him. Like, this is my dude, you know, like, I got, a, I got a man, like I'm a teen, I have a man as my dude, you know? So they all have different relationships with him. Um, so at any given time though, they all tell me, oh my gosh, you act like him. Like the way I speak, I'm very analytical. Um, I have certain characteristics and traits that remind them constantly of him. Mm. How would you say, what was it like for you growing up? What was it um, in your environment, you know, for you? Like when you think about it now, and if you sat down and you just took out your journal and you wanted to paint, you were going to paint uh, a vivid picture, right? You had all the colors in the world with a beautiful uh, blank canvas before you, any color in the world right there. And you was tasked with painting a vivid picture for us in terms of your look back. Like, what would you say? What would be on that board? What would that canvas look like to the world? Concerning anything or my father? No, just, no, just anything. Okay. So there's no. actually um, a part, I was probably in the fifth or sixth grade, uh, grade and we lived on in this house. It was a rental, but it had maybe like a couple acres of land behind it. And mm. there was like this cove area that was, um, surrounded by trees. It was like a U. So with nine kids, I'm an introvert, but I, I'm very much, I can still hold my own, but I am one who crashes if I'm in the presence of people, though I love like people watching and interacting. And so this area, if you imagine like three dogs, four cats, nine children running around and us like collecting tadpoles and all that, sometimes I just need it quiet. So there was a part behind the backyard to the side of the house where it was this cove and I would just sit there like look up in nature <laughs> and to the point I just until I heard where's your tag at you know because I'm not running around playing tag or doing anything like that I'm like oh I'm right, here I am you know um and run around the corner but I just needed that time and so if there was a vision um an image that I would say looking back and reflecting on my life it would be that, that peace. I need peace. Um, that's who I am. I just need that place where I can shut off everything, but also be surrounded and engulfed, especially nature, engulfed in nature. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's a, a connection between uh, your life's work, the work that you do, and how you grew up? Um, if there's some correlate, like I would say the work that I do, I think learning how to be in community and listen to one another. Hey, I had eight siblings. So, <laughs> so. you got to figure it out some way, you know, like you had to figure it out some way. And then I was the, the 
crown the babysitter of all the first cousins because I'm the eldest grandchild, you know, like, and so in, yeah, I think it's a combination. It's like that nature and nurture. There's something that was already innately in me to be who I am, but it was also nurtured and grown by the experiences that were around me. Beautiful, beautiful. Would you say that about uh, just in general, about in, you know um, our childhood or our development having an effect on what our dreams may be or may not be in terms of, for example, right? So someone who, uh, and it's and it's not just somebody who wants to play basketball grows up and be able to you know and they, and they're in the NBA right it, it's not that kind of simple right but it's more of you know growing up in uh, again uh, in a house with um, artists for example you've grown up in a house with artists uh, and I'm talking about tap dancer singer it doesn't matter the whole you know yeah. every all every eight the eight individuals who were in your house who let's say everybody was an artist, right? And then yeah. you grow up, become an art teacher. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, is it some way connected and that like that that can become a part of your, almost like rub off your, your gene, if you will. Like it's something that comes, uh, that's in your spirit, in your heart and in your mind from that era or from that place that it has to be reproduced in order to feel alive when you mm. get older. Outside of like me interacting with people, it would be the only thing that I would say would be that common theme that, yeah, that interactions with people or wanting to understand. It was like almost that people, society, were, were that it was my case study. Like I was just very curious about because here you had eight other kids and then you had all these animals and then you had parents, you know, like, and so I just, I'm like, what makes you tick? Like, I, I was very curious on, heck, that's how we met, you know, where I was just like, I see you. <laughs> Could you no explain doubt. something to me? Huh? I see this part of you, but I don't understand because it's not, it doesn't fit. Like, and so, I mean, you took it a negative way because as a 20 year old, I'm almost saying you're fronting, like in so many words, you know, I'm just like, your spirit is not totally connecting to your actions. And I'm not sure how it's working, like how this is working. And like, that's how I came off with you. And so then like, how did you take it? <laughs> well, that was, uh, that was uh, many moons ago. And uh, I, I really, uh, uh, really don't know how to put that note. Simply put, it was uh, it was a love hate, right kind of kind of thing, right? Because one, we were young, right? We were young, and and not only were we young, we were at uh, we were on a big level. We was on a big, a huge stage, right? So it's one thing, right? Coming into uh, somebody's space when you're that young and you have those kind of like, dude, what is what's going on with you, right? And then it's another thing being a part of something bigger than yourself and then still being who you are in this big self right and, and it's on this big stage still uh trying to figure it out and i think that even when we met i was uh you know born and raised in north philadelphia coming out of north philadelphia you know i i was already coming uh to tennessee because that's where that's what that's, that was the stage and um 
on that stage, that was the stage I began to heal on from my trauma, right? And so at the time I didn't know it, but in retrospect, I was coming from a place that was engulfed in so much pain, so much trauma. And because I lived it and in it, it's just, it was natural, right? It was just, you know, everyday life. And you don't realize, I didn't realize how much of that thing I was living on, how heavy that cloud was until I got to that stage. So when we met, what you were trying to figure out or what the disconnect you're saying, right? This disconnect you're speaking of, you're speaking of a young person who couldn't manage the fact that he was coming out of so much pain and then having the freedom, right? To be around people to help you heal. That didn't make sense to me, right? This, this idea, this concept of healing didn't make sense to me in a place where I could heal. And so it was almost, uh, it was a very awkward moment. And so even with what you were uh, seeing and your, your personality, right? You were, you were, you, it was, it was back and forth. It was pushed back. And, you know, we went through what, about five years of that, you know, if, if not more, if not more, you know, before we came to uh, a solid ground, if you will. Right. Uh, and so that's what, that's what it was for me. Right. And now knowing that and having uh, developed and uh, walk into my manhood, as I continue to walk into my manhood, it's like, wow, the individuals who, like, I, I, am, I, am, I am grateful, right, uh, to and for all those who didn't leave me when I didn't know what I needed. And they still stayed around seeking to give it to me. And it's interesting the way the universe worked because you all might not know what you all was giving to me, right? Like, it's, we was young and it's like, you know, it was just the will of the universe. You know what I'm saying? And that's what it was. And so that's why uh, the question comes up about what we bring from yesterday, right? What we bring from yesterday into today. And not only what we bring, how do we, uh, how does it manifest and what we will become tomorrow, right? Yeah. And I'm not simply talking about you know, I look like my dad. Well, I know I look like my father. I can't get, I, I was looking like my father when I was in pain. It don't matter. I, I'm always looking like, my, I, was, I was born that way, right? Mm -hmm. But the things, uh, the unfortunate circumstances, right? The social ills, right? All those things that played a part in what my household looked like, right? If you go back to, um, Go back to the art of storytelling and get into the podcast. You'll see in the first is like Troubled Son, right? What Troubled Son, you you had a direct interaction with Troubled Son. He didn't care about two donuts and, a, and, and, and you know what I'm saying? And, and it's older. He, 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 because he wasn't there and he didn't get that guidance in terms of um, that healing process. He didn't have a couch. He didn't have a couch. You know what I'm saying? To actually, uh, figuratively, he didn't have a couch to actually hear, to sit on and have somebody speak to him in such a way where he had to listen, right? Mm -hmm. So it's interesting when you speak about, you know, uh, in your backyard, you had a few acres, you know what I'm saying? You had these acres, then you had some some quiet time like on the side that you could find. It was for trouble, so you couldn't find that space, right? Yeah. And so growing up, 
in a, in the, in the, in the concrete jungle as it's called on many occasions, you, you, you don't have time. The world is moving so fast in the inner city and in a concrete jungle that I think that is one of the strategies of the machine so that we cannot sit still. We are made to believe that we need to move every second of the day in order to be productive or order to be alive. And I come mm -hmm. to reason with the fact that we don't. And so where I'm at today in, a, in, a, in, a, in this healing process is that you don't need to be moving to be alive, be still. It's all right, it's okay. And so that's that's where I am and that's that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, and, and the relationship that we have and you know, back and forth and understanding um, what the world was like for you at that time, you know, as a sister friend and what it was like for me at that time as a brother friend on my end, I think to come and look at it now for all those who may watch this video or hear the sound of this video, uh, one of the things I want them to be able to take away is that we didn't allow those physical environments, right, to, 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 uh, to hold us in place. So as time went on, we stayed still. No, no, no. When time, when time went on, it was those hiccups that, yo, we stayed still, but then it was somebody that nudged us on the shoulder, right? And they said, nah, I gotta keep on moving, like keep on moving, right? Like when I hear you speak about the women and the the almost like the genealogy of women, like the the the, the whole line mm -hmm. that you stand on the shoulders of somebody, somebody has always watched over you. And it would sound like it has always been, you know, these women. Now, am I saying nothing happened? No, I'm not saying that. But what I am right. saying is that we did not stay stuck. Yeah. You did not stay stuck. And so again, coming up out of, right? Because even when you say the men almost vanish, if you will, like it's almost like reading a book. It's like the men has vanished. Well, to a child, that's a trauma. Mm -hmm. To not grow up with a grand, listen. So you just ran down your 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 big mama. Is your big mama your great grandmother? No, it's before her. Oh, so your big mother it's is your mother. great your great great grandmother, right? And so yeah. that means you got you you this this memory of your great great grandmother, mm -hmm. who had a great great grandfather, who had a grandfather, who had a right. All those men, right? Mm -hmm are removed to some degree out of that ex when you're explaining that history. Yeah. And so again, as a social worker today, right? Which is, uh, which makes sense to me, right? And which is beautiful, which is a nurturer, which is a giver and not specifically to a family or counseling, right? Or any that wants, no, no, no. You did the community. Yeah. You did the community. So can we look at what that means for a community? Does that mean that now is your job subconsciously to make sure these families are family structured a little differently so that their children can preserve a memory that you might not even have? I don't actually even look at it that way, Kev. Like, so I look at 
just from listening to you and having my brain start moving, <laughs> just from listening to you, what I would say is, I don't know if I'm trying to, I know that I'm not trying to say because I didn't have, I'm trying to make sure you have. Yes. If anything, what I think I am alluding to is that family looks different mm -hmm. in different ways. And I want to help either connect, leverage, um, uplift. Like I want to share with you, oh, you're missing something over there. I know someone <laughs> over here. Like I am just trying to right. connect saying, this puzzle can come together in so many different ways. And though I realize if you need that masculine or the feminine, or if you need a nurturer or a provider, whatever the combination you yourself are calling for, yeah, somehow, some way, I know that I can get it to you. Like mm -hmm. that's, that's the easiest thing that I know. And it's not to fix because at the very, um, if anything, it's me listening. So one thing I love about my work is like, I'm a pe not only a people watcher, but I love like listening. <laughs> right. Listening right. to the strengths in what you have, your dreams, ambitions. And as you're telling me, right? Like in my head, it's almost like there's something in my head like, doo -doo 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 -doo, like going out in a Rolex of like, Oh, did you publish that book? Oh, I know a publisher. Do you know, like, I, there is something in me is like, I would love to see you be the best that you can be. And if anything, that is, I would love for folks to be able to use me as that catalyst or leverage what I know, because I want to see everybody shine in their bright light. Like, that is, yeah, I love life, like, in that right. sense, that. Um, there's there's a quote um, in The Salt Eaters by Tony K. Vimbar. <laughs> and I, I'm chuckling because I usually go there. Go. And um, it's similar to what you started saying, but at the beginning, um, the healer is asking Miss Velma, <laughs> Miss Velma, like, are you sure you want to be well? She didn't say so, healed. She didn't say healed. She didn't say free from everything like she just said are you sure you want to be well and mm. so and so many even before i knew this book before it was gifted to me so many years ago right. that is where i am coming from like i am like that healer just like are you sure you want to be well are you sure this is what you want to do but the healer goes on to say is because to be well is, is to be lonely mm -hmm. mm. um and the reason being is because we as people like to make sure those things that connect us, but we usually all, everyone experiences trauma and hurt. Mm -hmm. And so we usually stay focused on that trauma of hurt to connect with our stories with each other. And I want to flip that. No, no, no. What is it you want to do? Who is it you want to be? Mm -hmm. um, and it's subconsciously, because I, I didn't think about this and it's just coming to me, it's birth, being birthed right now, like the words. I really, on the flip end saying, do you want to be well? Well, what does wellness look like to you? Mm -hmm. And, oh, it looks like the following. If I, these resources, if I'm able to make sure these resources are to you, um, because I'm listening, this is what you want, right. then I wish you the best. It's like, 
here you, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not gifted like that, right? Like, it's not like I'm like, here you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. We, because I you. also don't believe in enabling, right? Like, I don't believe, like, in a lot of, like, social service um, programming of just constantly, like, here, get this. Here, you can have that. And I said, though I do know that people struggle and are down for long period, like, I didn't yeah. share that part of my story, but I know that part of we washed our clothes in the bathtub like I didn't say that with nine kids washing it to bathtub and then drying it by wringing it out in a towel and to iron it we put it under the mattress Mm -hmm. or some pillows to make sure that our jeans was flat you know like in straight instead of wrinkling it up from the towel squeezing out the water um so though I know that's my story I didn't go there because that was just life to me but who I came from that is like, I'm able to meet that person that household is bringing out. I know how to do that or putting water in the back of the toilet to fill it up so you can flush it. Like, I know that life. Right. right. So right. if anything, I think it actually helps me connect to people yeah. where they're just kind of like, are you, are you bringing me resources? And I'm like, not yes and no. Right. I'm bringing to help a step stone to you to go to the next level of yourself. I'm not here to numb you and for you to just be like, yes, like one of those like studies with animals where they keep tapping to get something else. I don't want to do that. I want you to evolve to the next level. Um, and I want to support you. And the reason why I want this, because I don't know that this is, I don't see that anywhere, but I see mm-hmm. the, I see you like, and you is figuratively for the whole community as individuals right. are collect, I see you and I know us and I know we are great. Yeah, no doubt. So you, 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 when I listen to you speak, uh, you speak straight to the spirit of the human being uh, it speaks to, it sounds like, right? It's like you've, you've come through your journey, right? And your journey is who we see, right? But we see your journey with all the shine and the gloss on it now, right? <laughs> well, that's what we see. We see your journey with all the shine and the gloss on it right now, right? You just gave us two nuggets in terms of, you know, what that journey may have been like, right? Mm-hmm. With those nine people in the ring and out. You, you took me back a, a little second, right? And I, I you know, <laughs> not too long, right? And so those, I, and for me, it is important that the people that I speak to in my work, right, understand that the way you connect with them, like the way you work and the way you connect with them, because you know you've been through things that connects with them, and you use that, uh, you have that in your in, in your uh, in your host or your tool belt, if you will, in your tool belt, if you will, right. So that when you go on a job, you say, oh this, oh this needs a hammer, right. This, without, and that hammer might be those, you know, the, the ringing out of the, the pants in the tub, right? Or, or it might be the screwdriver that's in that belt. That's, you know, you got to lift the top. What's that? Something sound like it's keep running. Oh, now I forgot to lift the joint up and, right? It might be that you got to stop the toilet from, from running from the back, right? It, it may be all of those things. And on my end, it's like, I'm going to walk up to the young person, you know what I mean? Because I listen to them as well. Because you, no, we can't get nowhere with young people if we don't gain their trust. And the first thing for me, in order to gain their trust, you got to be transparent for me, right? And then that transparency will allow you a doorway into their story, right? 
And then once you get into their story, you can then bring in the necessary resources with the boundaries of not enabling, right? So you know how far to go. And so within that same, in that same work, it's also um, what I believe they need to hear and see because they can touch you. And they ain't gonna always have a chance to hear about the wrangling out of pants in a right. tub. They're gonna always, they'll see you gloss. They'll see your position. You, you, it's interesting in our society, we don't see human beings first, we see positions, mm -hmm. right? We don't, we don't see us human beings. We don't see spiritual beings first. That is, uh, that our home is the universe and everything in it is ours and we are it. Right, we don't see it first. We see positions, we see titles, uh, we see material, right? Because we are bombarded with certain pro programs, if you will, right? And so, for that young person who can reach out and touch you or I, right? Who can touch us and know what the work is, and then once they touch us, then they understand that, oh, that was you. You ain't troublesome. They won't even believe I was ever troublesome. They, you know what I'm saying? Won't believe it, and because. I am, and he still is in me. He's just okay now, right? Mm -hmm. He's just okay now. I am able to see somebody who soon as trouble son, the trouble son in me, see a troubled son across the way, I'm straight over there, right? Mm -hmm. Now the older refined me can interact with that trouble son and help him right across that bridge. You see what I'm saying? And so the podcast, this is what we do. This is what the platform is about. Getting out people to remember, rekindle, reclaim, and restore themselves to their spiritual greatness. So as long as I can get you to remember the essence and your lineage, then I've yeah. done my job. And so this has, this here is, is, is beautiful, is lovely. And for all those who get to see this, uh, get to hear this, uh, I just really affirm and put good intentions and affirmation on it so that when their ears hear it, it touch their spirits and know that they don't have to stay stuck if they are stuck. And if they're not stuck and used to be stuck, they can use their stories to un uh, help others to become unstuck. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so, and that's what it's all about, man. So I really, I really appreciate that. Uh, I'm, and I'm not, I'm not gonna hold you too much longer, but I do wanna, uh, I do wanna get to you because you're doing an amazing job. Uh, not only with your, your career, right? But me knowing you uh, a little more intimately, I understand that you have other things going on, right? And I, 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 when I see you uh, and what you're doing for the community, because you don't only do it at work, right? You also do this as your life's work. And I know that. And so this, if we, if we, if all of the listeners can go on, you know, online and listen to the interviews and listen to what you do and see you on Instagrams and all of that, we'll get a, you know, a, a real good understanding of this is not uh, something that it's not fly by night, right? And so, could you speak to uh, the audience? Could you, all those who are listening, those who can see, speak to um, what you have developed within the community on your own front porch? No doubt, no doubt. It's um, <laughs> it happened. So last year was the start of a pandemic. We've we've had several pandemics in our lives. Let's just put that out there. Yeah. Um, but the pandemic that actually was a time for all of us to go inwardly and check in on ourselves. Who we who are we, and how do we want to be in this world? Like 
if anything, between Mother Earth shutting us in <laughs> um, from storms to whatever, to some of the protesting Black Lives Matter, um, Me Too movement, if anything in 2020 showed us is that you have to like figure out where do you stand? Like, no. where do you stand? And no. so um, with that, like I live alone, I'm a single person and midsummer, like I just was like the garden, I, I was working in the garden, but um, being a community person, I miss both my babies in my community and we couldn't see each other. Hey, I was like, I don't even know how to do my work because I can't even talk to my people. <laughs> I, I didn't know the pulse of what was happening because we we're all shut indoors, right? And so I um, started Front Porch Conversations and I just put it like, I, I remember at that point, a lot of my friends were just saying, oh my gosh, like, I'm just exhausted. People either started drinking more or smoking and people are just doing unhealthy habits mm -hmm. where, because I think they had to numb themselves because we were not used to in this fast world being with ourselves. Mm. Mm. And so if you were comfortable and I'm one of those people, like I said, I need to have quiet. Like every, I need a moment. <laughs> if you're yep. not someone who's used to hearing yourself, it's hard. It's because sometimes like things scream. Like I remember we're in our, we're in our 40s. Like we just started, we turned 40 and my friends were like, my hips are hurting. My, this is like, we're all aching. And he's like, what's the difference? The difference is because now you at home, we're not running around doing all kinds of things where we had to listen to our screaming bodies or spirits or minds. We had to listen yeah. to those things. And, um, Again, choose, how do we choose to be? How do we stand? And so if you were able to do that work, um, I think you were okay. And I still think you're okay in the midst of all that's going on. Um, but what I realized is I was like, I, I wanna talk to people. So safely distance. I just welcome people. I put it on social media. My front porch is a safe zone. If you need to talk, cry, laugh, whatever, feel free. Like spirit will move yeah. us whatever way. I let them know, like, I have a garden, which I did. I will probably pick something from the garden. <laughs> we could wash it off, have some vegetables and fruit right here. Um, we, I have water, tea, and coffee is what I said. And so that is always, as you can see behind me, all of my herbs, like, I will make a, a tea blend or something. And let's just sit on the front porch and have a conversation. Mm. And when I tell you people just started coming, they did like all the way up until probably November because I just remember like having I was like oh I need a porch like heater, <laughs> like because we were having like uh blankets and coats and like bundled up and then I was like oh we can't do this it's about to start snowing like um so I am getting ready like I just relaunched this last week uh was my first visitor and so far I've already had three visitors in a week you know and nice. so with myself I'm just sitting there and we're just talking. Whatever comes up, comes. I have no agenda. Sometimes mm -hmm. people actually might come and like, hey, I have a question about that. And the other day I was talking and the person just started crying. She, she tells me like, I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. That is what you had to release. Let it go. Like open yourself up and let it go. And so Front Porch Conversations were birth, was birthed last summer of 2020. The irony 
this is how the divine works with you. Um, the irony, and it's not ironic, but yeah, the curious no, yeah, thing you, that happened. Your words. Use your words, watch your words. The curious thing that happened was um, I started getting visions of like me leaving the organization that I was with. And I was like, okay, I started just saying, it's almost like a dream that you remember. And I'm like, I don't know, I'm not familiar with. And sometimes like that deja vu moment would happen. And out of the blue, like a headhunter for an organization was like, hey, I'm just trying to reach out on LinkedIn. Um, I think you'll be good for this position. I'm like, I don't know, who, like if anybody's on LinkedIn, you know, I don't know who half <laughs> of these people are who's trying to be my friend and whatever, like what's your angle? So the lady after a while realized the neighborhood about I lived and worked in and just said, hey, start name dropping. I know Miss so-and-so, Mr. So-and-so. I'm like, oh, those are my men. You know, like I'm just talking. Yeah. And I said, I'll listen to him. I'll hear him out. And then I heard um, the name of the organization is Front Porch Alliance. And there was something I was like, what? Here is, I've been for like four months, four or five months having these front porch conversations that I'm publicizing. Here it is that I did. I said, God help me. Like, I feel like I'm outgrowing the position that I'm in. And when I have babies that I've been in program with now working for me, I was like, ah, I should pass the baton. Like, I don't want to hold the right. spot preventing the next generation not to have experience. So I said, let me move. And I've been a nonprofit for so long that I was like, what would it do? What would it look like instead of doing all the programs and running after school? What it would it look like if I made sure that the people who did that work had all the resources? Mm. I don't know. Let's see. And so I made my way to Front Porch. I knew I had the job like on the first, like as soon as I heard <laughs> about the place and I saw the load, I was like, oh, this is what I was in my dream. Like I saw it. And yeah. so, um, I went in, I was very confident with what happened, what was happening. And lo and behold, I'm the executive director of Front Porch Alliance, who started Front Porch Conversations five months before I even knew about the position. <laughs> mm -hmm. isn't, isn't, that, isn't that beautiful how the universe works, right? Yeah. How the universe uh, seek to align and realign us to our purpose. And it comes back, it, it go for me, it goes back to you know, just really uh, sitting with the idea or the thought that this could have been some of the things that you have are you had already been shown in your childhood, right? Mm -hmm. Where every piece of the puzzle. Sometimes let me do it this way, right? Sometimes uh, it's hard to make the connection if we look at it in pieces, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes it's hard for us to make a connection if we look at it in pieces. And what I mean by that is this. All of those smaller pieces that you collect along the way, nah, it's not an isolated incident. Though you was working in, in, in New Orleans, uh, you yeah. know, right at the country. And come on, like, come on, we go back, right? You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> because you, you know what I mean? You, you work in here and you work in here. When you look at not all of those places, but look at the work, and you say, I've been doing the same work all of those years. Yep. I've been doing the same work all of those years. And then you begin to remember prior to coming into corporate or a nonprofit, uh, for-profit work, what were you doing as a child? What were you doing as a youth? What were you doing as a teen? 
what were your hobby and interests? You understand what I'm saying? And what were, who, uh, what, what kind of community surrounded you? And when you start, when you talk about Big Mom and them earlier, and it was like, nah, you gonna always be, they were reminding you for me, this is for me. Mm -hmm. They were reminding you to not forget the purpose. Mm -hmm. You're going to be in community. You're going to be in community. You're going to be in the community. You're going to be in community, right? Not only are you going to be in community, but you're going to have the responsibility, all of the good, bad, and indifferent, right? You're going to be mm -hmm. in a community where you have to build, right? Because you may even get to a point where you have to rebuild the community that you see us in, you might not have us in it. You have to build it again for the next 15 generation of women. Yeah. Right? And that is what was what that's powerful to me. And it's also the art of your storytelling. <laughs> that is the art. And to get at the the to get at the the root level, if you will, right? To get at the root level of the story. And it's interesting because today's, you know, our theme is what? What is the theme? I love it. I love it. I love it. I have it. I have it. And I have a short video I want to show you, but I, I love it so much. But there's a story in every seed. There's a story in every seed. And it's interesting that we always talk about how deep or how strong roots are, but roots come out of a seed. Mm -hmm. There's no roots without the seed, right? And so uh, and then, you know, then everything starts to take its, its course. And when that seed is properly planted in an environment or in a community that makes sense to its nature, that makes sense to what it needs, that makes sense to where it's going, makes sense to that seed's purpose, mm -hmm. then it begins to work in harmony with it, right? Yeah. And then it begins to what? Go through the pain of breaking go through the pain of breaking, of opening up, breaking down on itself in order to grow. Yeah. You know? And so just give me a real second. I want you to see this. I know if you out there and y'all just listening, I'm going to play this real quick video. Uh, uh, just, just, just work with us. But this video uh, that we about to, uh, I'm about to share the screen with the good sister is all about, uh, it's a time lapse of a seed, a seed band planted. And so I want to go ahead and get a look at this. Uh, could you see that on your screen? No, you need to share. Yeah, here you go. Yep, here you go. Here you go? Okay, let's yeah. go and get into it. Such a beautiful process. Such a beautiful process. And I think if we all saw ourselves as seeds and understood this process, then we would know that we were so much more. Because no matter what kind of seed you are, you have a story in you that can become, can grow as deep, as deep, as deep, as deep as the roots to any tree. That's day seven, you see that? when you look at it and just think about family, right?
I love it. I love it. Every inch of it, right? Every small part. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Mine is life. You see, you see how uh, the beauty in the beauty in that sea, the story in that sea, and you're talking about a time lapse. So, if we really took that and put that behind a clear glass, and just woke up to it every day, and we mimic or reflect, you know, right be a reflection to it mm-hmm. for those for those 25 days how much more uh grounded would we be like how how grounded how how much more would we be in the appreciation of being still and growing at the same time i think it's awesome i think it's amazing you know and i think that that very what one minute and 30 seconds time lapse, I guess, or what what you will. Uh that's us in a that's us in a nutshell. That's us. You know? And always remember, and you pointed it out when you start talking about, you know, your mom, grandmom, great grandmom, and you know, all, all the way through, is that those are your roots. Those are your roots. And you're gonna forever be grounded. But when you disconnect your memory from that, then it's, you have a hard time standing up. You have a hard time standing up. And so just to close out, I have one question for you. Oh, one question. <laughs> I have one question for you. And I thought about this. It's a, um, I, was, so I was watching this movie. Actually, matter of fact, it was a remake, uh, Fahrenheit 451, right? Uh-huh. Uh, the movie Fahrenheit 451. The old, I like, I saw the old, I didn't see the new movie, the new version, but the old movie. And if you go check it out, or if you go on a YouTube and there's a, a scene and this scene is entitled 
the book people, mm -hmm. right? And the book people um, are the individuals who have left the city, right? Because in Fahrenheit 451 is all about burning books. They can't read, right? The, the government said they can't read. So they got to, every time somebody find, uh, get caught reading, they take the books, put them in a pile, the fire department come out and they burn the books. They don't put fires out, they create fires, right? They, they burn the books. So it's real interesting. But the end, uh, those who are uh, liberated in the mind, they go out into mm -hmm. and isolate themselves and the books that they have with them, everybody commit a book to memory, mm. right? Everybody commit a book to memory in hopes of passing it forward. So the physical book, they can burn all they want. They don't need them. They okay. have this way of committing these books to memory. So I ask you, I ask you, if this was that time or if we was in that space or if the future is anything like it, what book, what one book would you choose to commit to memory and pass forward? Mm. Um, you said you have to do memory. I like remember to go forward, right? So my father named me, my name is um, Jetem Dell Taylor. So it's actually French for I love you, little Dell Taylor. Like he loves the little version of himself. Mm. So I think um, for me, one of the books that I would commit to memory would be All About Love or The Vision of Love by Bell Hooks. Mm. I'm just saying how the many ways we have relationships with one another. Mm. Just I'm to just remind right. us, this, this, and I think it's full circle in a sense of like, I said, I come from a family that partnerships, relationships, um, marriage looked way different and I believe that relating to one another could look however you want it to look um, just as long as you're invested into creating it. Mm. You know what I, I am so pleased with uh, and appreciative of the time that you uh, spent with me today and my audience they out there in the universe you know yes. uh, I, I am so grateful for <laughs> For your time uh thank you for being um being truthful with us right being being uh, uh relaxed comfortable enough to share light and love with us um, but before you go please let my people know where if they're looking for you if they're ever in what town kansas city missouri they can come where <laughs> you can come from porsche alliance <laughs> you will find me there um, start that start that healing work <laughs> yes indeed no doubt and so i appreciate you uh honor respect you um forward 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 strong earth seed earth seed earth seed earth seed earth seed um please give me a little bit on earth seed before we close out it's important definitely earth seed is actually um <laughs> a part of um octavia butler's book parable of the sower and so the protagonist in that book is trying to create earth seed a place or it's is actually her bible it's a collection of um things that she believes are tenets of life and so um i use that 
as my tenets of life. I think that we can't do anything without Mother Earth. And so, and that Mother Earth could, can and does make sure that we are healed, whole and healthy. Um, and um, I make herbal remedies, as you can see behind me, use herbs. Um, I use food as medicine as well, which is why I invited people to my front porch eating garden produce. So I turn to the earth like when our elements um, come up or if we need to just make sure that we are still connected to and aligned with ourselves. I use that to um, returning to the earth for our wholeness and our wellness. Mm. Well, sister, let me say thank you. Uh, please keep up the great work because we're gonna need you in the future. So yep, thank, yep. You. Thank, thank you. Thank you for having me here. <laughs> So all of y'all out there, this is what it's about. This is the platform. If you have a story to tell, like everybody has a story to tell because we all are seeds. We are the seeds of our parents. And because we are the seeds of our parents, that means there's a story in each and every one of us. So I look forward to having you here soon. Peace.